You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what is going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode, we are going to be recapping Kentucky basketball's close loss to the Kansas Jayhawks. I want to say something here right off the top before we get into this, guys. This game was not as disappointing, I think, as some might think. But we're going to get into some of the negative stuff. But I actually was more impressed than anything with the way that this team fought despite maybe some things going on outside of their control that they couldn't necessarily handle. So I want to take a dive into everything I thought kind of made this game what it was. And I also want to talk about what Kentucky's future looks like because I don't think much has changed. Before we get into that, though, thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms. So let's go ahead and get into it. Kentucky's offense, I think, in this game was not terrible, especially in the first half. It looked good early. They really did something that I thought would be important and I've thought was important for this team all year. They got out in transition and they ran. And Severe Wheeler was not on the floor when this happened. They got out and they looked to do one thing. They looked to get to the rim. Now, Kansas did the exact same thing and ended up executing at a higher level. So props to Kansas. I want to say respect to Kansas, who is a very good basketball team. They were able to snap their three-game losing skid. This was a game that could have been had for for Kentucky, but Kansas won the game. And I'll get to that later on in the show. But Kentucky's offense, I was not infuriated with. They really did get out and run in transition well early. One of the biggest problems that I said would be, I believe I said on yesterday's show, whenever we broke this down, that this would be the biggest matchup of the game, Jalen Wilson versus Jacob Toppin or whoever Kentucky wanted to put on him. Kentucky could not stay in front of Jalen Wilson Kentucky could not stay in front of K.J. Adams. Jacob Toppin, who looked good offensively, was not getting it done on the defensive end against Jalen Wilson. Is that more of what Jacob Toppin is, or is that more of what Jalen Wilson is? In case you have not seen the stats, Jalen Wilson shot 50% from the floor. He went 9 of 18 from the floor, 2 of 3 from 3, made both his free throws, had 8 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, and 22 points overall. A phenomenal stat line for a team on the road trying to get it done and avoiding a four-game losing skid. Their best player showed up, and he was clutch. Every single turn of the game, he was clutch. I think that is more speaking about what he is as a potential National Player of the Year candidate than what Jacob Toppin is as a player for the Wildcats. Now, we will not shy away from the fact that Toppin and various other defenders just could not stay in front of him. Just couldn't. Defensively, they struggled. Kentucky, or excuse me, Kansas ran some really, really solid stuff to get KJ and Jalen Wilson looks at the basket going to the basket. 
But Jacob Toppin, who had a good game otherwise, struggled. That that was the that was the that was the whole thing we talked about. That was the biggest thing for me. And it didn't happen. They couldn't execute. Wildcats couldn't execute. And I'm not gonna sit here and dog any individual player because I think overall Jacob Toppin played well. I'm excited with the confidence that he played, with the aggression that he played with. I'm not angry at K- or Toppin. I'm not upset at Toppin. It's just that's how it happens. Sometimes you run into one of the best players in the country and they end up having a good night. On top of this, I think rotationally, there were some, there were some issues. And I want to get to that later on in the show. I want to stick to what happened early here for a second. Kentucky could not protect the rim, period. When you look at the team as a whole, we have discussed that defensively, because Kentucky doesn't have a lot of height in their rotation, sometimes they struggle protecting the rim. Oscar Shibwe is not a good defender. There is no arguing that. But what Kansas did, they don't have a ton of height themselves. What Kansas did is they had some really solid sets to get players' looks. Again, either at the basket already or going to the basket. They just made really good plays. They made really good plays. They went out and they executed, and they were they were impressive. There's the pick and roll action I think that we need to discuss early here. Both teams utilize this really well, whether that be semi-in transition, whether it be just up-tempo in the half court. Both these teams were playing at a really solid pace in this game. It wasn't choppy. It wasn't slowed down. It wasn't awkward. It was a good, it was, it was a well-paced game. Both teams really utilized the pick and roll well in this fashion early in the first half, throughout the first half, just kind of smoothly running their offense. This was a competitive game. At one point, it was a one-point game in the second half with less than 12 minutes to go. This was a competitive game that Kentucky stuck in. The first half was impressive, but here's the kicker. Do you remember what else we said was very important? I had, a, I had somebody comment about this and said that they agreed. The free throws in this game. I said, heading into this one, Kentucky had been shooting well from the foul line. And they shot really well in their game against Tennessee. I said, if they were going to win against another big-time opponent, that would have to be a factor. They would have to be able to go out and execute at the foul line. They ended up shooting 23 free throws to Kansas's 10. They shot 13 more free throws, and they made 16 of them. 16 of 23 from the foul line. They were 69.6%. That is not going to get it done. Simply not going to get it done. Meanwhile, you may say, well, that's unrealistic to make to expect them to shoot much higher than that. Meanwhile, Kansas, on the road against what has been the better environments in, in Rupp Arena that I've heard and seen in a long time, They were 9 of 10 from the foul line, the Jayhawks were. 9 of 10. 90%. You cannot tell me that Kentucky, in a game like this, could not have been expected to shoot at least 75, 76%, get a few more free throws in there? Because here's what happened at the end of the first half. They could have shot 90% from the line. Kentucky's inability to make free throws cost them a close game at half. Oscar Shibway missed free throws. Jacob Toppin missed free throws. It was not a good look. Lance Ware missed two free throws, if I'm not mistaken. They were the only two shots he had in the game. He didn't play good in this one. 
Those were the only two shots he had in this game, and he missed them both. There were opportunities to make this a one-possession game at halftime and to, instead of being the team that is chasing that lead, being the team that is right there going blow for blow still in the second half. Because it changed, the the situation changed in the second. There was an 11-5 run by Kansas over the last five minutes and 40 seconds-ish of this game in the first half. An 11-5 run. Again, you make three of those free throws that you missed, and I believe they missed four or five. You go out, and it's a one, it's a one possession game. It's a two or three point game. So that's my frustration with this with this game. If we're if we're gonna sit, sit on, on and talk on negative stuff for a second, you had chances to continue to make this a battle, to continue to put Kansas in an uncomfortable position which they managed to fight their way out of. Props to Kansas. They managed to make it to where they could execute and just get away from the tense moments. I'm impressed. And that is the sign of a really good basketball team. That's a sign of a two or a three seed, as opposed to what Kentucky is projected to be right now. But here's the thing. I think Kentucky can play better than this. They also choked... I think late in this game, they had so many shots go up that didn't go down. I want to talk about just kind of my other thoughts. Overall, statistically, what we saw from this team in the clutch moments. I want to, I want to address that. Before we get to that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here, and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America, and that is FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers, you can join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. All you have to do is sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads, player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Obviously, as you all know, if you're listening to this on Sunday, the NFC and AFC championships are happening right now. You can head over over to FanDuel.com and you can check out all the great stuff. There are football fans you do not want to miss out. Place your first $5 bet or get $150 free in bets. Win or lose at FanDuel.com slash locked on. You can make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book partner of the NFL. All right, continuing along here on the Sunday. Wow. How many times have we said that on this show? The Sunday edition of Locked On Kentucky Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. So, obviously, we discussed all the issues in the first half. The positives, the negatives. Kentucky's offense, I thought, looked great. Late in the first half, you started to see the signs of a really good team as opposed to just an okay team. I think you got to see that very much so late in this game. So I want to make something very clear here. Kentucky had a chance to win this one. They had opportunities to win it. The better team went out and executed in the moments where something had to happen. Where it was a tense moment, it was a close game, and somebody had to pull away. Kansas was the team that did that. Kentucky is not as good of a team as Kansas is. You cannot sit here and... Just kind of sit here and say, objectively, the Wildcats are a better opponent. 
I think everything that we've seen up until this season would reflect what I just said. That's not difficult to handle. But this was a missed opportunity. Kentucky, at home, with momentum, showed that they could keep up in this game. And they didn't. In the, and in the end, they didn't. They fell apart. I think part of this, and this is what I referenced in the first part of the show, part of this has to do with what Kentucky was trying to implement rotationally. So what was the other factor that you and I talked about whenever we previewed this game? And keep in mind, we took a dive in this one. This was uh, what I said was the biggest game of the season in terms of opportunity. It's not the biggest crusher, but it is the biggest opportunity that the Wildcats have to pick up a really solid win in this SEC Big 12 Challenge. The final edition, by the way, of the SEC Big 12 Challenge next year, it's SEC-ACC. But what was the other thing that we talked about? Well, we noted that Kansas has a lot of players that are implemented in their rotation that are somewhere between six foot six and six foot eight. And they are physical and they're all similar and they all are pretty darn efficient in their own ways. And I was curious to see, man, Kentucky does not have a lot of strength at the four. In three spots, I wonder how they are going to handle all these different rotational players for Kansas at the four and the three spots. Well, Kansas ended up playing 10 players. They ended up playing a few players at that four and three spot. And Kentucky ended up playing eight players, and really only seven when you look at the fact that Lance Ware only got six minutes, had two rebounds, and missed his only two free throws that he shot. He was essentially a non-factor in this one. So it was essentially 7 on 10 for Kentucky in their rotation. You can argue whether that's good or not in the comments below. And Kansas executed. I think outside of Jalen Wilson, there's an argument to be made that K.J. Adams was the more important player for for Kansas in this game. In 24 minutes, he had 17 points and was 8 of 10. From the, from the floor, 8 of 10. Again, it's partially because Kansas had some really good sets, really impressive stuff that they ran, and partially because Kentucky just couldn't guard him. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Chris Livingston wasn't going to get it. If, if he was not going to get as many minutes in the second half, Antonio Reeves needed to step up, and he didn't. But Chris Livingston also in the first half couldn't keep up defensively with what was going on with K.J. Adams, and then whenever he got switched on to Jalen Wilson. Livingston, by the way, looked great in the first half offensively. He was keeping them in the game, but he didn't play essentially in the second, which just blows my mind. He only played, what, 17 minutes? He was four or five in that first half, if I'm not mistaken. He had a couple rebounds and a block, and then Coach Cal in the post game was like, yeah, probably should have played him. Really? You think you should have played him over the kid that went three of nine from the floor? Yeah, I probably would have. I probably would have read the room and said, okay, Antonio Reeves probably not playing great tonight. So what we're going to do is we're going to sw- uh, switch Livingston down or we're going to rotate things in. C.J. Frederick wasn't playing good in this game either, and he was 0-5 from three, and we've talked about that before on the show. I expected nothing less. I, I that That's what I expected out of C.J. in this game. He's not playing well right now. He's not shooting well. So Kentucky, now all of a sudden you start to really – Look out at this rotation. This is the whole point I'm trying to make here. It's really like six players 
And even then, can you really count Severe Wheeler, who played 15 minutes and essentially did nothing on the stat sheet? A rebound, a field goal, and 15 minutes, and a personal foul. That was it. Two points, one rebound, and a foul. This starting five is not going to get it done against a team like Kansas, who, at the end of the game, just started to clutch up. Oscar Sheeblay played well offensively. Kaysen Wallace played well offensively. Jacob Toppin played well offensively. Outside of that, Chris Livingston should have gotten more opportunities, and that was kind of it. This was a, this was a loss to a better team. That was close. Kansas in the second half was four of nine from three. They shot what? One of seven, one of six in the first half or something like that. They turned up late. They turned up late. And Kentucky again just didn't have an answer for it. It was 51 to 50 at the under 12 timeout, right? So I I kept track of this while I was watching. It was 51-50. After this, Kansas scored a flurry of points. Kentucky called a timeout. But for the rest of the game as a whole, for these final 11 and a half minutes, Kentucky would go on to be outscored by eight points. Kentucky had several opportunities in the clutch to make a basket, and they couldn't. And the weirdest thing about it is, guys, you know how early in the season in these non-con games where we wanted Kentucky to go out and execute offensively late, and they looked like they didn't have an answer. This time, Kentucky looked, weirdly enough, like they had somewhat of an answer. And they still missed their shots. They got open looks. And they couldn't make them. They were shut down. They got cold at the worst time of the game. And Kansas, on the other end, had guys fogging up shots late in the shot clock, and they were just going down. That's the sign of a good team, a great team, as opposed to just an okay or good team. That's just what it is. That's what we have to chalk it up to. Kentucky is good. They could have played better. We've seen them play better, but they weren't, they weren't clutch in front of their own home crowd. And I think a lot of it, again, goes back to those free throws missed in the first half. Because if they had kept it a one-score game or found a way themselves to get up by two, three, or four in the second, we're talking about a different story. We're talking about Kansas then having to fight to tie it up. And then we're talking about Kentucky being the one to respond a little bit more comfortably. I think that there are so many different ways that this game could have gone. But this one stings. For a lot of different reasons. And then the Wildcats have nothing to do but it, but say, hey, we played well at points against one of the better teams in the country. And we can take a lot away from this. And we can go out and execute better against the next opponent. Two of three from 13, by the way, for Kentucky is never going to cut it. Kentucky was never looking to shoot a lot of threes in this game. But if C.J. Frederick is going to put up five of them, he's got to at least make one. If he's going to go out there as a starter and in 29 minutes score two points, I mean, you've got to do something about that. That's pathetic. Guys, that's pathetic. You can't have your starter consistently. I'm going to pull up his numbers. Let's pull up his numbers while we're sitting here. Normally, I I would have this pulled up. Okay, let's look back to the Tennessee game. 
He scored 13 points. Whoop-de-doo. He was 4 of 11. He scored 3 points in 36 minutes against South Carolina, or excuse me, against Georgia. He was 1 of 8. He scored 12 points in 35 minutes against Texas A&M. He was 3 of 12. He ended up shooting 4 of 8 in 28 minutes against Vanderbilt. Good for him. And then he had 2 points in 29 minutes against the Kansas Jayhawks, 1 of 8. That's not going to cut it. That's somebody you take out of your rotation. When, at what point, does Cal decide, okay, maybe Antonio Reeves should start at shooting guard because I am going to put him in there to fog up threes as well? I mean, they shoot similar shots. They shoot those mid-range floaters. They shoot threes. Antonio Reeves maybe gets to the rim a little bit more than Frederick does. I don't see this lineup working. There were so many opportunities to be had. So many opportunities to be had against a good team. Against a good team. And nothing else to say other than that Kentucky just blew it. I don't even think officiating was that bad in this game. Now, it did look like Reeves get, got fouled on that three-pointer with like a minute late, minute left. But outside of that, I Kentucky just lost the game. I don't have much else to say, guys. <laughs> that was my analysis. I'm like, oh, they got beat by a better team that they had a chance against still. So moving forward, what does that mean? What does that mean for the Wildcats, who are now 14-7 and seven on the season and missed arguably their biggest opportunity to get a win this year? Well, to point out something for sure, they only met, went down one spot in the Kimbom ratings. So that just goes to show you, oh, they lost against a good opponent. And now they look ahead to four straight games where they should have an opportunity to just win. Two of them are on the road. Two of them are at home. We were talking about this before the Kansas game. You got Ole Miss, Florida, Arkansas, and Georgia. You've got the two worst teams there on the road. You got the two better teams at home. All of a sudden, you're 18 and 7 after this. And then you play at Mississippi State, who is beatable. And you get Tennessee at home, who you've already beaten. And then you get Florida, who's not that great on the offensive end. And then you get Auburn at home, who is not that great on the offensive end. And then you get Vanderbilt at home, who is not that great on the defensive end, as we have seen. And then you get Arkansas, who is just sometimes forgets how to put the ball in the basket in dramatic ways. So, I mean, there's there's not a whole lot of opportunity that was lost here if you look at the big picture, but this was the moment, this was the resume-building win you could have had. This was the resume-building win. And they choked it. But adjustments moving forward, I think, should be made. I think we should still be excited about this team and their momentum, and I think we still should still be excited about kind of what this front court duo, Jacob Toppin and Oscar Shibway, does scoring-wise. Because I do not, in my opinion, has not changed. I think Jacob Toppin could be the key if Kentucky wants to make a postseason run. I think he could be really important for that. If he's going to be taking all these mid-range shots, he's going to be taking 12 to 15 a game. I mean, and he's going to be hitting at like a 50% clip. He's That's going to be valuable. That's going to be valuable late in the stretch. So that's all my thoughts on this game. If you have anything you want to talk about in the YouTube comments, please leave it in the comments below. That's going to do it. For today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hey, you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore. You can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, even the YouTube comments, hit me on the social. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and God bless. <laughs>